Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. this week's episode of Argyle Chat, where we will look back on Saturday's one-all draw with Rochdale. Joining me today are our Argyle experts, Chris Errington and Baron Cross. Hi, guys. Hi, Stu. Good morning, Stu. Uh, Chris, start with you. Um, great start to the game on Saturday with Joel Grant scoring the first first half goal of the season at Home Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone left Home Park a little bit flat, really, after what's, what kind of followed from that early goal. Yeah, it was a fantastic start, wasn't it? And you'd like to have seen uh, Argyle go on and, and win that game, you know, convincingly. Um, but they weren't able to do that. And uh, one one at the end of the game, you know, it, it extends the unbeaten run to to four games. So I suppose if you're the, the glass half full type, you know, that's a, a, a good position to be in in terms of uh, Argyle's start to the season. But it's still, what, seven home league games without a win and... Uh, you know that is clearly going to have to improve if Argyle are going to have any chance of moving up the table. I think Rochdale was a game that you know Argyle were capable of winning, and disappointing they weren't able to do that. So I, I think that's why people felt flat that um, you know that was a game that they were more than capable of winning. Yeah, as Baron, uh, as Chris said there, Baron, um, these are the games Argyle need to start winning, don't they? Because otherwise, you know, if they're not careful, they could get cut adrift. Yeah, absolutely. As Chris wisely put in his post-match video on Saturday, it's, you can look at these things in, in, in a myriad of ways, can't you? It's, it's four matches unbeaten, which we'd have said it was before, before the Shrewsbury, and wasn't it after yes. Fleetwood, if you'd have told us they'd take six from the next 12. I mean, I'd have sat my hand off me, I wouldn't have believed it when you, when you consider there were you know, matches against Shrewsbury, a trip to Blackburn, uh, and away trip to Wimbledon, which was, was winnable, of course, and then Rochdale down here. So I think... There are certainly signs of improvement, um, but you are right, Stu. I think you know, they need to keep picking up three points. I think for the moment, given how bad they were, I think taking sort of three draws and a win from four matches is, is is a good improvement. I think we've got to accept that at the moment that's progress, and that's a good thing. I think for our guard at the moment, and at some point they, they will have to turn those those into win, wins, of course. And you know, it was fantastic to see they did get the win at Wimbledon. I wasn't there, but you know, it was such a big relief to see they got that result because I think we all knew they needed it. Um, FA Cup this weekend is that going to sort of hamper momentum a little bit I mean I'd have liked to see another league game but you know the Cup's got to be played isn't it I mean it, it may well be a healthy distraction but you know, we'll see but you are right I mean teams like Fleet um, Rochdale remind me a little bit of the Fleetwood game Fleetwood came down here 1-2-1 but they, they weren't great you know they, was, they were there for, for their taking and if Argyle had turned up that day that's the sort of home match they need to be winning I think we all accept there are some opposition in this division that are going to come to Home Park and Argyle aren't the favourites, and getting a draw would yeah. be a good result. I think Rochdale are probably in that category where I think if Derek Adams was honest, that he Rochdale are in the group of teams that Argyle need to be beating at home. Um, based based on how poor they were at the start of the season, we'll take it as a solid result. I will anyway. 
Um, but moving forward, you are right, Stu. Yeah, I think longer term, they, they do need to win those. Not just the fact that Argyle would win that game, but of course it would bring Rochdale into that pack yep. of, of teams in and around Argyle as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we put an appeal out for questions, as we always do, and we were absolutely inundated with questions about Derek Adams and his tactics. Um, just putting one out there as a sort of generic question, really, from we- Lee Williamson. Why won't the tactics change and be more attacking, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've addressed this one so often, Chris. Yeah, I mean, and David Manson's made a point, Stu. Just to sort of pick up on David's point, because that sort of covers a similar theme to, to Lee's. Yeah, OK, da- yeah. Uh, David Manson. Mr mm. Adams' tactics are very hard to understand, and his explanation on his tactics are very hard to comprehend. His explanation on corner kicks totally confusing, and on Saturday, Rochdale were invited to attack, as we only defended in a backward-moving line 25 yards from our goal. This, however, is a normal home tactic which most teams seem to be aware of. The gap between the lone striker and midfield is far too big. Tactically, Mr Adams should remember that old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Unfortunately, I don't think Mr Adams realises it's broke. A couple of issues there, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the set pieces, should we start with the set pieces? Why, did, why does he bring everyone back from corner kicks? Well, um, I asked um, Derek Adams about that recently and um, we had a piece in the Herald where he explained in great depth his thinking behind it. Now, people can choose to accept his opinion on defending corners or not, but um, the way he explained it showed that he clearly believes in it. Mm. And basically he believes that um, it's very rare that teams score on a counter-attack when they've been defending a corner and he feels that it's much more important to make sure they don't concede from a corner. Now, one of Argyle's problems this season is they've conceded too many goals from corners. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could maybe say there's too many cooks for the broth and, and maybe there's too many people, but his, his theory, and he broke it down into numbers and where people had to be, where they were in the post, Jan Songo's sole job is to go and win the headers. Um, it's, it's all thought out. Mm. That doesn't surprise me because we know Derek Adams is meticulous with everything. So... You might not like the tactic, but, but Derek Adams is very much of the opinion that when we're defending the corner, you defend the corner. And if the ball goes out and somebody's 30 yards out from goal and unchallenged, he's prepared to accept that. Yeah. And because Argyle are going to have 11 players in the box, the opposition are going to have six, I think he, he, he said. And the odds are that 11 should stop six from scoring. Yes. Um, and now, whether you like that uh, explanation or not, that's your, your, your everyone will have a, an opinion on that but mm. he's very much of the opinion on that um, I Lee, heard it said from other managers as well Chris yeah. the objective is to keep the ball out the back yes. of the net yes. so the more players you have back the greater chance you're going to give yourself yeah. doing that and so. the flip side of that is that Argyle have conceded some poor goals from corners even though they've had 11 players back so you do leave yourself open to criticism when you can see goals from corners yeah. when you've got that many back but but that's the, the reason. The negative tactics, I'd like to think that through the podcast, and thank you for all the questions again this week, everyone, and through the web chat and through the various articles we've done, I, I think we've covered pretty much all bases in terms of why Derek Adams plays that way. He's, we, we've given him a, a, a chance and he's taken the opportunity to explain why he, his tactics. I think we've tried to analyse them and give people a sort of... Uh, a sort of an analytical sort of insight and our opinions on, on, on why uh, Derek Adams plays that way. Uh, in summary, I would say that his, his tactics, are, I wouldn't call them negative, but they, Argyle is certainly not an open, expansive football team. 
would this current set of players be able to play open and expansive football in League One and be successful? I'm not sure they would, in all honesty. Um, and I would point to the fact that, you know, if you look at Derek Adams' track record as a manager over a long period of time, 10 years as a, as a manager, he's had an awful lot of success. Granted, not so much this season, but he's had a lot of success at playing the same way. And uh, you know, I, I, he wouldn't be the man that I think he is if after a, a month or two's bad results, he suddenly changed his football principles. So uh, I think whether people like it or not, I think this is the way Argyle will, will generally play. I, I did ask him after the game on Saturday, did you defend too deeply in the first half? Because to me, they did defend too deeply. And he said that wasn't the plan. He wasn't sat there wanting them to defend that deep. Um, but, you know, confidence is still fragile. They've got themselves into a lead, admittedly, after 41 seconds. And, and they've sort of gone on the, uh, the... I don't think there was an instruction for them to go on the defence, but they did. And that allowed Rochdale into the game, and Rochdale got the equaliser. I thought in the second half it was clear that they played higher up the pitch. They didn't defend on their own penalty area. They pushed higher up the pitch. The midfield three got more involved in the game as a result in terms of getting on the ball. And while I can't honestly sit here and say that Argyle were dominant in the second half, they were better. They did create a couple of decent opportunities. And, you know, and if Graham Carey put the chance that he had in the second half away, which more often than not he would have done, Argyle could have easily won that game 2-1. So negative tactics, it's, it's a topic, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we're, I mean, we're spending a lot of our time debating it, writing, discussing it, aren't we? Indeed. Baron, I'll, I'll just go back to something else Dave Manson says here, and that's the... Uh, it's a normal home tactic. I mean, do, do you think Derek Adams needs to be... I mean, Chris touched mm. on the point there about being more expansive. Mm. Rochdale at home, is that the sort of team that you need to be more expansive against at home in order to get the win? I mean, you know... I think, I think it, it does come down to Derek Adams as a manager and the type of manager you're employing, because mm. playing expansive or not playing expansive is not directly linked to going to win a football match. Just because you don't choose to play expansively doesn't mean you don't want to win and because um, because he doesn't play expansively I don't, I don't think that, that means he doesn't want he just wants to win in a different way you know, he, he, he wants to win he he's a winner isn't he yeah. Matches, yeah. Yeah. But he, he's, he's deliberately choosing not to play expansively because he doesn't believe that is the way to win the football match so whether we like it or not that's Derek Adams as a football man that's, it's inherent to his character it's the manager that James Brent employed. It's the manager that got Argyle out of League Two. I mean, that that's a, that they are his principles. And as Chris has said on a number of occasions, which I agree with, if he started abandoning his principles, I'd be very very worried because then we're on very dodgy ground. Mm. So mm. I think everybody would love to for Argyle to turn up and play play like Barcelona at home park on a Saturday and really you know play a high line, pressing in the final third, winning the ball back in and around Rochdale's penalty box. But that's not the way Derek Adams plays, and I don't think that's. They're, they're qualities that suit Derek Adams' players, and they've got the attributes to play that kind of game. So, um, yeah, we, we would like to see expansive football, but just because he doesn't doesn't mean he doesn't want to win at home. I think um, I, I can see the correlation between maybe you would want to play more attacking at home park than they do away from home. I think that, that's a fair point, but um, I don't think you need to go full bore and say go from playing counter attack away to then playing a controlling attacking game at home. I don't think I don't think it's probably sensible to play that way because you're flip-flopping between the two, you get no consistency, the players aren't going to know where they stand. Um, yeah. I think in the second half against Rochdale they were they got on the front foot a bit more and played like they should do at home. Um, 
Now, if they'd done that in the first half, then I'm not sure Rochdale would have got back in the game, but they did fall too deep. Now, you know, like I say, Derek Adams said that wasn't the plan, so the players have sort of got themselves into a lead and they've immediately got into the mindset we're going to you know, get everyone back, and it was like a 4-5-1, and um, it just allowed Rochdale a chance to, to get a bit of possession and, and get in, in the game. In the second half, that's the sort of performance they're going to have to put in at home. But for the for the ninety minutes, and if mm. they do get themselves in front in games, um, then they are a little bit more um, a little bit more positive. They, I, I can't see this current team in League One score winning games three or four nil. I just no. I just don't see it happening. No. They're going to have to grind out results. So, um, did you notice that any kind of instruction from Derek Adams during the first half then to get further up the pitch? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, but it's not always easy from the sidelines to, no. to, to get things. Uh, it was interesting, I was talking to somebody before the game um, against Rochdale on Saturday, and he'd been stood right behind Derek Adams at Wimbledon. And, um, you know, at Wimbledon, you're very close to the pitch, so you, you, he literally could hear every single word that was uttered. And uh, he said that Derek Adams spent virtually the whole game against Wimbledon telling Argyle to push up. Really? Yeah. Mm. So I, I don't, you know. It, Bear in mind, Derek Adams is a winner. He wants to win games. If he doesn't win games, he won't be a football manager at Argyle for, mm. for, forever. So um, he's adopting tactics that, one, have worked for him very well over the years, and two, I think most people would agree that, that the tactics that he's employing suit the squad that he has at the moment. Um, I think if Argyle tried to to play a, a high pressing game and you know you know lots of attacking flair play and and uh, wingers pushing up and the fullbacks pushing beyond the wingers, I, I just think that's uh, that's asking for trouble in the current state of you know state of play for Argyle. Think about the flair players Argyle got there, mm. like Ingsworth, Clemeres, Carey. I suppose you've got a flair player. If you imagine the team being chock full of those, I mean, think about how flimsy that team would be. I mean, I think mm. we've seen that the Meres gets pushed off the ball quite easily. Ainsworth's very inconsistent. Um, Grant's playing ahead of Wild, probably because of his shape and discipline. It's a easy team, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, the opposition would just cut through them like a knife through butter. Mm. But I can understand, I, I, I can understand, I totally get, you know, you sat watching the first half on Saturday, you've scored after 41 seconds, um, Perfect you think, start. this is a great yeah. start, we'll go on and win this 2 or 3 nil. And as a fan, you're sat there feeling it. And then for the next sort of 20, 25 minutes, you, you watch your team sort of fall deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and, and I, I get it. I totally get it. And it, it wasn't good. Like I say, Derek Adams said that wasn't the plan. And I thought in the second half, they were better. But um, it, it's not what you want to see. But when your team is bottom of the table and, and confidence is low and things haven't gone well, you know, they need to get a base. Now, they're unbeaten in four games. Six points, that's, that's a pretty decent return. But they're going to have to start winning games. But at yeah. least they've built a base, you know, because I think if you remember after that Fleetwood game, there was a, the players had a long chat in the dressing room after, afterwards. Um, now, that was, you know, you don't get many of those sort of conversations in the season where the players sit in a dressing room, gone six o'clock, and they had, a, now, I don't know what was said, but... I'd love to know. You, they were in there for a long time. Now, since then, they've, they're have they unbeaten in four, so, so something's picked up. They've stopped yeah. the rot, haven't they? They've I mean, the rot it's, now. It's not, it's not two wins and two draws, it's one win and three mm. draws, but it's not ten defeats in a row or something. Yeah. Mm. They have stopped the rot. They're not out of the woods by then, any stretch of the imagination. But they've closed that gap, haven't they? They're, they're as well, four, points, is... four points from safety. Yeah. It's not great, but they're Better not adrift. They're not adrift. No. So, um, you know. Northampton on the horizon as well. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a huge mm. game now. 
Um, just one final point on that. Gary Palmer said, something has to change in home games for Argyle or we will be relegated. Away tactics I can totally agree with and is the way forward. I could accept that the Shrewsbury game as they were top of the, ta- uh, top of the league side and Argyle had to defend a 1-0 lead late in the second half. But after scoring early on Saturday, Argyle should be pushing for that second and third goal <clears throat> Excuse me, against a team we should be beating. Instead, possession and momentum were lost. We all agree Argyle needs to score in games, but even that is not enough at HP. That is an overriding issue, though, isn't it? I mean, you look at the stats this season that Argyle have only scored more than one goal in, in one game. Yeah. And, and that was and, apart from the Czech Trade Trophy games. And, and Gary's got some valid points, and I, th- I think we've sort of discussed, you know, the, the, the position on tactics, but I, yeah. I, c- I can see where Gary's coming from totally. Yeah. Yeah. Baron, more goals needed, aren't they? I think so, Stu, but I think we, 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 what, how far into the season now we're approaching. Yeah, third of the way, third third of the way. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think we've just got to accept that this group of players is not going to be an attacking team. It's a defensive team set up defensively. Just thinking about why they dropped back deeper after the goal on Saturday, they've got they've got seven defensively minded players. You've got the back four, Jaguar, Fox, and Zombo. They're all defensively minded players. Yeah. Unfortunately, with that with that with that personnel, which I think. It's a very, very solid base. We talked about that for Blackburn. Mm. I think I, I wouldn't change that, but the trade-off is yeah. they're defensively minded, and if they're a goal up, their natural inclination is going to be to drop back a little bit, for better or worse. That's what you're going to get from those seven, which yeah. then puts even more of an onus on the front three, as, as we know. But yes, Joe, I think we've got to accept that this team isn't going to score a lot of goals, and if they're going to stay up, it's because it's going to be through clean sheets rather than beating, beating teams by goal. Yeah. Interesting point from Ben. He said, we've all been critical, myself included, but for whatever reason, he doesn't look likely to change his philosophy. So is it time we accept and get behind the lads and Derek Adams' tactics? I think it's always worth getting behind the lads. And that's, mm. what you, that you, that's what you go for. Only as a football fan, you go to support your team. Mm. Um, do you accept the tactics? I can understand people don't accept the tactics. Um, me personally, for, for as, as we've discussed, I think they're the, the, the best tactics for, for Argyle as things stand at the moment. But... Um, yeah, definitely get behind the team. I thought the the, the crowd did that really well. I mean, eight thousand. I will make a point. Eight thousand eight hundred against Rochdale in October when you're bottom of the late table, uh, half term. Yeah. You haven't won at home since August twelfth. I thought that was a good size of crowd. It was only one hundred and sixty away fans, and, yeah. I, and I thought they did in the second half when the team gave them any sort of encouragement at all. They got behind them. Uh, there was plenty of noise, plenty of positivity. So. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Ben's right. I, you know, I, d- I don't see the manager changing his philosophy. I don't think he should change his philosophy because then he's not the manager that you know we we've seen and expect him to be. Um, you might not like the tactics, get behind the team, and um, and hopefully they can uh, build on the the, the four, ma- four game unbeaten run. Around. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens in January if you know mm. Derek Adams looks to sort of evolve the team slightly more. He and he he, a bit he more always attacked. does in transfer windows, yeah. and I remember him saying, "I always look to refresh every six months." And uh, you wouldn't be at all surprised if there were five or six changes in January. Well, given his movements in the free agent market outside the transfer window, he clearly is keen, yeah. if not desperate, to yeah. to change change the personality. Yeah, no, he realizes yeah, yeah. that he needs to make changes. Yeah, definitely. And certainly with that striker as well. Obviously, Simon Church, we believe, is down here on yeah. on trial, but went to Scunthorpe instead. And yeah. Yeah. she's almost certainly going to go out to yeah. Celtic, isn't he? So yeah. that will free up some some space. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if they weren't busy in January. The key is obviously to get to January 
and and be in touch or and and you know then you can really push on in the second yeah. half of the season because that's that's going to be a difficulty in itself is trying to persuade a player to come down and join a, a league one relegation battle yes. you know that's going to be all this way down and then be scrapping for your life yeah. But, but much better to be in a position where you're in the thick of it rather than be adrift. Adrift, absolutely. Yeah. And, so. and as I say, that's mm. one positive you can take from yeah. the recent results is that that gap has mm. reduced to four points now. Mm. Uh, on that point, Wayne Morgan says, I will say we are getting okay results, mm. but we're still a way off. But mm. the results are going in, going slightly in the right direction. Mm. The, you know, the win yeah. at Wimbledon was massive. Slightly is the word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They that, are going in the right direction. As you said, it. Baron, that Northampton game is going to be massive. Yeah, of course, there's Bradford before that, which is going to be because I, I kept thinking Northampton was going to turn it around. Hasselbank came in. I mean, this is embarrassing. I tipped Northampton to finish in the playoffs this year. <laughs> I mean, their personnel on paper looked fantastic, but it just hasn't happened at all, has it? Edinburgh lost his job. They've got some good players. Hasselbank yeah, came in, and you think Hasselbank, given his record, I mean, did he take Burns to two promotions? Mm. I mean, mm. you think he's going to come in there and turn it around and. Heckett, I mean, they're, they're very inconsistent. I know they've yeah. had, a, they've had a win at a summer time to Argyle, but I mean, the 6 0 at home to Bristol Rovers, I mean, that, that is going to be a massive game, especially down here on a Tuesday night. In yeah. July. It's, that, that, I mean, that's what the battle is. I mean, that, it's almost a six pointer, and it's going to be November. Big game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, on the subject of embarrassing things we've said, I tipped Rotherham to struggle oh on the basis that um, the guy they got from, I've forgotten his name Keeper now. Keeper Moore. Keeper Moore, he makes <laughs> score all season. Doesn't stop so, scoring. Yeah, too. exactly, he's been a gold machine. <laughs> yeah. So it just shows what we know. Uh, Richard Sloman, I'll put it, in, put it to the panel. 16 games gone, more than a third of the season now. Do you, in your heart of hearts, feel the current squad is capable of survival? I know we have had a couple of key players out injured, but the evidence suggests we are not. It really pains me to say it, but dogged defending, bodies on the line, and works tirelessly up front is not winning games and getting Argyle up the league. I still feel they're capable of survival. Yeah, I do. Hand on heart. They're, they're only four points adrift. They've had a dreadful start to the season. They've had red cards galore. They've had a stack of injuries. Uh, they've conceded really poor goals from corners. Uh, and they've struggled to score goals and create chances. Now, hopefully the injuries will improve. The suspensions, you know, they haven't had a yellow card in five games. I'm touching with when I say this, so disciplinary-wise, things are improving. Defensively, at corners, they have been, there has been a bit of an improvement, and they can keep working at that. The, the big problem is going to be scoring goals. Yeah. Um, now, that might be addressed in January, or it might be an issue all season that they're going to have to get by with, but... If they can steer clear of injuries, make sure they don't get any more red cards, defend better at corners, they've only got to finish 20th. I know that's not aiming very high, but they've only got to finish 20th. Mm -hmm. So, sat here at the end of October, start of November, yeah, I do think they're capable of surviving. Graham Carey's playing better, two goals and two assists in the last game, last few games. Jan Songo's playing really well. Hats yeah. off to him at the moment, mm -hmm. he's playing really well. Um, they've got Remy Matthews in and I've been impressed with him you know you've got three goalkeepers out and they've still been able to find a goalkeeper who to me looks as though he's more than capable of doing a good job there's pieces in place um, have they got to improve yes of course they have is it going to be a struggle to stay up of course it is but I wouldn't give up on them just yet although you know I, I, I feel Richard's pain you know um, you know I know he's a committed Argyle fan and um you know, doggy defending, bodies on the line, working tirelessly out front probably isn't going to be enough. But I, I do feel that, you know, without getting carried away, they have at least built themselves a base with this four game unbeaten mm -hmm. run. They, you know, they were in free fall, weren't they? Was it eight defeats out of nine? 
you know, and they've stopped that rot. Now they've got to try and build on it. That's that's the way I would look at it. Yeah, Baron, are they going to stay up? Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's really really good points, and I think um, it, it is a good question. You know, is this is this squad capable of survival? Yeah, I think it is capable. Absolutely, I think a few more things have got got to go their way. Chris is right; they've got to get some of these injured players back. They need a goal scorer. I mean, they really. I mean, I really can't. I mean, we've said it before, haven't we? When when a team is doing badly and mm. players are out injured, their value is through the season. Yeah. And I think. I mean, Ryan Taylor feels like the Messiah at the moment. I mean, he's not going to score goals, but he just he suits that style so much better. And when we went to Peterborough on the opening day, I mean, that feels like an eternity away. But when I saw the way they played in that first half with Taylor and Threlkeld mm. and the team, I thought, God, this is brilliant. I mean, Peterborough, we came away from that thinking Peterborough are going to be up there. Mm. And Argyle gave him a really good go that day. And that feels like an eternity away. So when Ryan Taylor gets back, that's, you know, that's another shot in the arm. Threlkeld, we know. I mean, that's becoming a bit of a saga now, isn't it? Threlkeld, yes. I mean, yep. we really... Adams isn't given anything on that, so mm. fascinating to see what happens with him. I think clearly he needs to come back, and January is going to be massive, isn't it? I mean, mm. the recruitment. Like if, if, if they can just stay in touch, as we've said a few times already, when they get to January, at least there's something to fight for. But yeah, I think the current squad is capable. Um, Chris says that the base is there for for without the feet. Confidence will be coming back. Carey's playing brilliantly again. Somri's been fantastic, hasn't he? Mm. And Joel Grant scored a couple of goals as well. Yeah, interesting, interesting Joel Grant, isn't it? He mm. sort of needed those goals, I think. Didn't yeah, he? He, he looks as though he was playing with a bit more confidence after the the goal against Rochdale on Saturday. It was a shame he, he got the uh, twisted ankle and he went off. But uh, I was sat next to our colleague Jack Ball, and I was just saying to him, I think this is you know some of the best I've seen Joel Grant play. He was he was looking a bit more confident. Two goals in two games. Confidence, confidence is a massive issue yeah, in football. I mean, you know, it, it really is. It's so easy to lose confidence. Mm. But so hard to, to build it back up mm. again, and I think you know Argyle is slowly building up this confidence, and they just need to keep picking up results. Mm. It might not be pretty at the moment. You know, anyone that was at home part knows it wasn't pretty on Saturday, and, and you'd like to have seen the win. But they have got a little bit of momentum at the moment, and that's that's something, isn't it? Yeah, um, Matty Ratcliffe. I thought this is an absolutely brilliant point that he that he sent in. So thanks for this, Matty. Uh, the squad is more than capable. There is some quality in there. It just needs to get forward more and keep it on the ground more. I believe that this, uh, I believe that the same team should have walked League Two. The campaign was made difficult because of poor tactics. I will think those same tactics will get us relegated. The team is good enough to be mid-table. Psychology is massive, but it's down to the management to give them confidence. Is it down to the management to give players confidence? You get confidence by getting results. And playing well. And playing well. Managers can help with it, can't they? Um, yeah, I mean, so you can give players confidence by putting arms around shoulders and, and, and things like that. Um, I'm not sure that squad last season was ever going to walk League 2 um, against Portsmouth and Doncaster. Um, you know, they, they, they had arguably better squads than Argyle. Um, and you look at the players that left in the summer... Uh, none of them have gone on to, to sort of pull up any trees anywhere else sort of thing um, I, I'm not sure they should have they should have walked late to you know are they going to finish 10-12 points ahead of Portsmouth or Doncaster I'm not, I'm not sure the tactics again well we've, we've just discussed tactics um, I, I agree with Matty that the, team, the, the squad is capable psychology is massive yeah I definitely agree with that mm. um, and that's one thing managers can improve on um, you know, and, and trying to get the best out of players. That's what you've got to do when you're in a rut. You've got to get the best out of the players. And uh, you know, we'll we'll judge Derek Adams on and, and his ability to get the best out of players over the course of the season and where they finish at the end of the season. Yeah, that psychology is an area that is clearly, I would expect Derek Adams to be working on a lot at the moment. Yeah. 
Darren? Yeah, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, do we? We don't know what goes on in training. We don't know mm. how um, how Derek and, and Craig and, and Paul are managing the team behind the scenes. We don't know whether they're what they're doing to build or, or kill any confidence in training. So we can't really comment on that. All we can comment on is the matches. Um, yeah, I'd say, I mean, Derek, Derek in public always says the right things. I think to build confidence, he rarely really digs the players out. So um, you know, we. Like Chris says, I mean, it comes down to results, doesn't it? Really, I mean, if 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 one or two players don't like the way Derek treats them in training, or if if Derek doesn't help with confidence, then we will see the results, won't we? And if the, and if the results don't improve and they get relegated, then clearly Derek didn't do, didn't do his job well enough, perhaps in in some regard. So we've got to base it on the results. It looks like things are turning at the moment. Confidence must be building in some way. Um, but yeah. Matty touches on a few points we've already discussed. Really, the squad is more than capable. There is quality there. Tactics need to change. I don't know how much more they're going to change now. Derry yeah. is Derek. I mean, he plays football the way he sees fit. I mean, I think he he is capable of changing the right circumstances, but maybe not from from the start of matches. I think it sort of changes as the match progresses. Yeah. Uh, one final question, Mark Rice. Why is it that Argyle fans seem unable to be realistic with their expectations? We're starting to settle and compete. And we need the Green Army to get behind the lads, but it seems as if all, all of them, are, all of all they are capable of doing is criticising Derek Adams and the boys. I, I thought the fact, as you said, Chris earlier, Chris, um, the, the fans certainly seem to be behind the team right now. It doesn't seem to be too yeah, many you know, dissenting voices. We're, we're all football fans. You all have a whinge about your team every now and then. Some people whinge about their team more than than others do. Um, you know, I can't believe that any of the 8,800 fans that were at Home Park on Saturday thought that was a great performance, Margot. But some people vocalise it and express their opinions in different ways than others. It doesn't mean that, the, that everyone's uh, happy about the way the team are playing this season or anything like that. But um, like I say, I, I think that you know to get 8,800 on Saturday, I thought was a, was a really good turnout. It shows the fans are are, are sticking behind the team. Um, well, some fans are. Mark says, you know, why is it that Argyle fans seem unable to be realistic with their expectations? You know, again, it's all down to opinions, isn't it? This yeah. is the beauty of football. You know, some people expected Argyle to be playoff contenders this season, so some people expected them to be comfortably top ten. You know, if you thought that, then you are going to be unhappy and, and, and critical because mm. you can say, well, we should be doing much better than this. Other people who, who sort of said, well, I'll just be glad if they stay up this season, will probably say, well, we're not in a great position, but we're still more than capable of uh, of staying up. So, you know... And that's exactly what Derek Adam says, wasn't yeah. it? This season was about consolidation. So, you know, it's... it's it's a game of opinions. It's a yeah. cliche. I know it is, but but everyone has their opinions. Who's to say who's right and who's wrong? But um, you know, we one of the things with the podcast, we do try and, and put some insight into why things are happening at Argyle. We don't know all the answers because we don't go to training, as Baron says. So we don't go in the dressing room, so we don't know exactly what's said. But we are lucky to have access that the fans don't don't get, and so we do try and interpret things and explain things now. Yeah. Sometimes the answers that we come up with aren't necessarily the answers that some fans want to hear, but we do we do yeah. present them, and then it's up to people to to make their own judgments, isn't it? Indeed. Uh, moving on, then, guys. Mm. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, it's the start of the FA Youth Cup for Argyle mm-hmm. and a home clash against Eastleigh. 
Chris, you're going to go up there and yes, and watch it? yes, yes, I am. Yeah, I, I always enjoy the FA Youth Cup yeah. games. They're big, big, big games for the apprentices. You know, if you get a chance, I know it's Halloween tomorrow, isn't it? But you know, if you get a chance to go along and, and watch the game, give the lads some support, they will appreciate it. For some of them, it might be the only chance they play in a sort of competitive match at home park. It's a big deal for these kids, and yeah. uh, you know, to play on the main pitch under the floodlights. I've got no idea what to expect from Eastley, I've got to be honest. Um, we're, we're talking to Kevin Hodges, the academy director, today, so he'll give us a bit of an insight into the game. Wish the lads all the very best of luck. Yeah, indeed. And Berham, finally, FA Cup on Saturday. You said yes. you, you, you could do without a, a we, cup we, game we, right we love now. a good cup discussion, don't we? It's a bit like talking about the England team. There's sort of a bit of <laughs> apathy sort of surrounds cup competitions nowadays because everybody's just got this insatiable appetite for, uh, for league matches. But... Um, yeah, I mean, when, we, when the draw came out, I mean, Grimsby at home park didn't really sort of instill any sort of excitement, I suppose is the word. Um, so we'll see how we go. I mean, Chris and I discussed it a little bit sort of um, before we recorded the podcast. I mean, there's probably little sense in changing the team too much, build on some momentum, keep that group of players together, get them a little bit more familiar with each other, maybe try some different tactics out. Who knows, we might see some expansive football, <laughs> but I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, yeah, I mean, get, get it through get through the Grimsby game and then you know we're, we're approaching if we can get through to the third round again I mean we all know how fantastic last year was I mean it just the city almost sort of came over I mean Derek said didn't he in his, post in, his, in his press conference he felt like the city had sort of come to life again around the football club because of the Liverpool matches so I think we'd all love a bit of excitement like that again if we can get to the third round and I think you make a good point there it's not the most glamorous of, of cup draws but every cup run starts with an unglamorous it cup draw you know last year it was Mansfield away wasn't it yes yeah, it was. so it's they have to start somewhere, so... Uh, Just as long as there's no replay in Grimsby on a Tuesday night. Don't yeah. fancy that, cheap, no, cheap fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> OK, great. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, thanks to Chris and Baron for joining me, and thanks to you out there for listening as well. We'll be back again with more of the same next week, so be sure to join us then. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.